Welcome back, everyone. This is the Prepared Mindset Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Austin, and it it doesn't feel like it's been, you know, uh, a month's time, but uh, we have another sit rep episode for all you guys. Um, if this is your first time checking out a sit rep, welcome. And this is our monthly opportunity, really. Uh, usually it's monthly, unless there's something like crazy that happens in the world. And, uh, you know, we feel the need we got to get on and, and just talk about, you know, whatever's going on because it's so impactful. It's it's so, you know, potentially important. Um, but this is our monthly opportunity to kind of talk about specifically, right, um, world events, current events, uh, politics to some degree, kind of get our opinions out there or, or more specifically, right, my opinion out there on some of these things uh, that we don't really have the opportunity to dive into while we're speaking with guests and things uh, on our normal programming through the pod. Um, sometimes we do get into those things with guests uh, and it's great. I'm always happy to hear other people's thoughts and inputs and uh, experiences that, that lead them to their, uh, you know, opinions, their beliefs, uh, things like that. It's always really, really good stuff. Um, but we do these once a month just uh, specifically to focus on those items in particular. So uh, there's a lot going on in the world. You know, typically uh, I will say I do try to be a little bit more uh, focused. I try to keep the scope um, home right here on the United States. However, you know, I mean, obviously sometimes stuff happens around the world and it's it's worth noting, it's worth mentioning, um, it's worth talking about and getting thoughts out there and, and helping to establish and, and draw parallels right between what we're seeing, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, around the world and what we are experiencing or have experienced here at home in the continental U.S. Uh, I think today we have quite a few things that we can talk about uh, that are globally impactful uh, that do have direct ties and do have direct connections back to what we all see and feel and experience daily living uh, as citizens in the United States. So we're going to get into a bunch of different stuff today. Uh, thanks for hopping on and, and joining us today. Before we get into all that, need to say thank you to our Patreon patrons uh, who have made this very, you know, this very just amazing endeavor continue to be successful uh, and are helping us drive towards new goals. Uh, if you guys do want to support us, uh, we do have a Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash prepared underscore mindset underscore pod. Or you can just check out the the links where we've added links into uh, the show notes here. Uh, we have a, what do you call the, uh, our, our bio on Instagram has, uh, has our link tree and everything in there. You can go check out the Patreon page there, sign up, you know, support us, check out some of the awesome content. We have, uh, some new stuff going up today, actually, as a matter of fact. So stay tuned for more of that. And again, a huge thank you to all of our Patreon supporters. Um, but in addition to that, I obviously, you know, we can't do what we do alone and we can't do what we do without support and help from um, some really, really awesome companies out there in the 2A community. So with that, I need to say thank you to those uh, partners and sponsors that support the, the prepared mindset. Jeez, man, Sunday mornings hit hard. Um, need to say thank you to those companies. Uh, so thank you to Midwest Gunworks, you guys. Um, you know, if you're like me and you're constantly looking to tweak and upgrade and modify the setup that you're running, Midwest Gunworks is your one-stop shop for all the parts, components that you need to finish that upgrade or just take that next step a little bit, you know. MidwestGunworks.com is their website. You can use discount code PREPAREDMINDSET. It's going to save you 5% off your order. So when you go to pick up something like a Hollow Sun 509T, right, which I just put on my Glock 19 after furiously struggling, uh, removing my Trigicon RMR, 
right? You can pick up a 509T from Midwest. Maybe you're picking up a new barrel or gas block or something that you need to finish your AR-15 build that you've been working on for the past several months. You just need to get over the finish line. Midwest is your solution. Guys, they say it's in stock. It's in stock. It's going to ship out. Not like some of these companies, not like some of these websites that take your money, sit on it for a month, two months, three months, and then ship it out when they finally get their stock in. If it's in stock for Midwest, you'll have it in your hands in no time. MidwestGunWorks.com. Again, discount code PREPAREDMINDSET is going to save you 5% off your order. Go check it out and support those guys. Huge thank you to our newest sponsor, HRT Tactical Gear. Guys, they are our neighbors down in Ohio and very, very thrilled to be able to work with HRT and be able to check out some of their awesome gear. Uh, actually was hanging out uh, <clears throat> last night with Randy. He had their A-Track carrier, which is... Uh, what they consider to be their minimalist uh, carrier, their you know um, minimal feature carrier, and still an awesome, awesome carrier, super well made. I was happy to kind of be able to sit it down and compare it to the LBAC carrier that I have, which is their load bearing system uh, that kind of separates the weight and makes it really, really comfortable. It's got a Teaker's Cummerbund, amazing stuff. Guys, head over to hrttacticalgear.com and check out all the good stuff that they have going on. Uh, their pistol mag pouches, their rifle mag pouches, which I now run on my belt, are outstanding. Uh, really, really love those after having used some other stuff for the last couple of years. They got plate carriers, guys. They have back panels, belts. Uh, they make their own flashlights, all kinds of good stuff. Go check it out. Again, hrttacticalgear.com. Thank you so much to them for their support of what we do here at The Prepared Mindset. Thank you also to 100 Concepts. Guys, 100 Concepts is out there killing it. Garrett, Jonah, Pierce, those guys are knocking it out of the park. Their scope caps, the light caps, the helmet scrims, it's all really tip-top gear that you need. If you're going to be out there running around in the woods, LARPing for the Instagram, you need to have good camouflage. It starts with your scope caps, reflection off your scope. Everyone's running an LPVO. Everyone's running a flashlight. Get a light cap. And if you're trying to take your camouflage to the next level, maybe you have a black backpack or a flat colored pack, get one of their pack scrims, a helmet scrim. Those things are absolutely essential when you're trying to blend into the foliage and into your environment, especially like we have up here in Michigan, where now that we are in full summer effect, everything is browns and greens and tans, and you really need to break up those lines and hide that silhouette. 100 Concepts is doing a ton of great stuff. They just dropped their whole line of hex caps, and they're adding more models to the hex cap line as the days progress. They just got picked up by T-Rex Arms. They got picked up by Big Tech's Ordnance. These guys are on the rise, and we're super proud to be able to support them with the Prepared Mindset podcast. Guys, their motto is do good, be dangerous, live free. Head over to 100concepts.com and grab yourself some gear today. And finally, last, certainly not least, a huge shout out and a very big thank you to our friends over at LARP Labs. Guys, if you're out training in the rain, if you, you know, uh, if you need to camouflage your rifle system, right, I highly, highly recommend LARP Labs computer cut 3M vinyl wraps. Okay, yes, you can go ahead and you can spray paint your rifle, and I have, right? But I know a lot of us are very apprehensive about spray painting optics, lights, lasers, because there are some companies out there, believe it or not, that will not honor a warranty if you have spray painted it. That's where LARP Labs can come in and can take care of you. You don't have to have an ugly black optic that breaks up your silhouette and you know just ruins the whole look you're going for, right? You can go to LARP Labs. You can pick up some of these vinyl wraps and take care of that issue. Head on over to LARPLabs.com. Use discount code PREPAREDMINDSET for 10% off, guys. They have wraps for handheld lights, weapon lights, 
uh, optics, PVS-14s, lasers, and all kinds of patterns, multicam, M81, Ranger Green, Coyote, you know, whatever you need, John and his team will be able to square you guys away. This is really good stuff. You know, like I said, I spent several hours out in the rain last weekend. It didn't peel. There's, you know, but no bubbling underneath the surface or anything like that. No sticky residue. This stuff is top of the line quality, 3M vinyl wraps, and it's got a three-year outdoor shelf life. Head on over to LARPLabs.com. Again, discount code PREPAREDMINDSET is going to save you 10% off. So huge, huge shout out. Thank you to all of our supporters. Very, very, very fortunate to work with those guys. Um, but we do have a lot to get into, and I am just going to jump right on into it uh, You know, as we talk about things going on in the world today. Um, and let's look at Europe, all right? Like I said in kind of the beginning here, we try not to focus outside of the U.S. too much because a lot of us, um, <clears throat> you know, we don't <laughs> we don't live outside the U.S. Uh, our immediate concern and our immediate uh, focus is here at home. So, I, but I, you know, I, I think it's important to look when we see parallels, but in other countries, to what we're dealing with here in the United States, it's important to call those out and have a discussion about it. So. Uh, I found a couple of posts in the last, uh, I don't know, day or two here about this unrest that you're seeing over in France. And the question is being asked, right? Is this unrest going to lead to a civil war? Uh, one of the posts actually uh, indicated that they're already at a state of, uh, I believe the term they used was pseudo civil war uh, with illegal automatic and belt fed machine guns being used. Um, and this is especially concerning because, you know, we talk a lot about, at least or we talk a lot here in America, right, about gun control. Yeah. And a lot of people want to look and say, oh, well, look at Europe. They don't have those problems. Oh, go ahead and look at, you know, uh, whatever country. Look at France. They don't have these problems because they have gun control laws, because they have common sense. Um, so, uh, Gun Owners of America shared this, and uh, this article, uh, you can go check it out on their page, Zero Hedge. Uh, French gun control failed, leaving law-abiding citizens helpless as nation burned. So in case you missed it, France entered into a pseudo-civil war this past weekend. Rioters took to the streets, destroyed billions of dollars in local property, violent criminals pulled out their illegal guns, and there was nothing the average disarmed Frenchman could do about it, right? Because they follow the laws, the laws that are there to protect them. Right now, this goes on to say these recent riots proved the old adage when guns are outlawed, only outlaws will have guns. France has much stricter gun laws than anywhere in the United States. French citizens do not have the individual right to bear arms nor carry a firearm in public for self defense. Instead, they have strict regulations for anyone that does want to keep a firearm at home. It limits the type and amount of guns and ammo you can own, universal background checks, and a gun registration. These rioters didn't care for France's gun laws. They had illegal firearms, such as banned, fully automatic, belt-fed machine guns. Now, if you're familiar at all with what it could possibly take here in the continental United States to get uh, belt-fed weapons, uh, machine guns are NFA items, or National Firearms Act items. There's a ton of red tape you have to cut through. There's a bunch of hoops you have to jump through. Um, in addition to paying a tax stamp. And in addition to that, I said, because they're like, I want to say, and I don't know. So if I, if I'm wrong here, you know, please forgive me, but I believe these are technically like class three NFA weapons, which means like there is even more restriction and even, um, <coughs> excuse me, and even more crap you have to go through to get access to those fully automatic weapons, let alone belt fed 
You know, here in the United States, you can get belt-fed semi-automatic weapons. That's not illegal. They're just extremely expensive. And given what their design purpose was, most people don't opt for something like that because it just doesn't make sense. You know, um, usually you're looking at, not always, but in a lot of instances for belt-fed weapons, you're looking at a two-person crew to run those. If it's semi-automatic, that it just doesn't make any sense. Uh, the weapons were designed to put down a lot of fire uh, for suppressive measure in combat. Now, as we've learned more about tactics, uh, as we've learned more about weapon systems and things like that, you can still be effective without those things. So you're starting to see somewhat anyway, you're, you're moving away from, from uh, relying upon those in battle to some degree, right? Uh, the American Rifleman has become a much more flexible and effective uh, entity on the battlefield. But I, I digress. So, but it doesn't change the fact like we have to do so much here to get access to those. In France, they're clearly and obviously illegal. But hey, look, the criminals don't follow the gun laws. It's almost uh, you know like it's the almost the exact same thing that you know we're running into uh, here in the United States where gun control only hurts. It doesn't it doesn't help anyone. It doesn't save anyone. It only hurts. The law abiding. Yes, I want to be law abiding. I don't want any problems. I don't want to be harassed uh, or have to, you know, uh, face off against my government, you know, legally or otherwise, right? Now, I pulled up this interesting article from uh, the Hartford Courant, and it, I'm just going to pull some pieces out of this article because um, it's kind of lengthy, but it, it does kind of. Um, <laughs> it does kind of uh, remind us of some things that we. Uh, have experienced very recently, last couple of years here in the United States, where uh, this the the author here is talking about um, walking through French suburbs uh, on a Thursday afternoon. Two cars have been torched completely into the pavement, um, gutted city hall. Just another. This is normal, you know. If someone's lived in France the last fifteen years, this is just normal for them after either a New Year celebration or a World Club uh, World Cup qualifying match that they lost. Um, but apparently this time the unrest was sparked by a point blank, point blank police shooting of a reckless 17-year-old driver uh, who is of Moroccan and Algerian origin, so could possibly be uh, a white versus black racial issue, especially in liberal-controlled countries. We like to make everything about race. Everything is. But this individual is also uh, accused of attempting to flee the authorities in a suburb, um, which apparently just happens to be the same project-type area, um, like really low rent type area, crime filled area where this particular author had their, uh, smartphone stolen and it was geolocated there. Um, like a decade ago is what they said in the article here. Um, but it goes on to say that the, you know, very relaxed French law and justice is a problem. Uh, it's a running joke here that kids are dealing drugs in the projects while wearing ankle bracelets. Uh, you know, educators have been told by teenagers who earn their living through criminal pursuits that they don't need school or an education because they can already buy and sell their entire school's teaching staff. Cops just now shrug as kids set off flares and fireworks in the town square after soccer games, knowing they can't do anything until things get completely out of hand, at which point they tend to overreact. Um, <clears throat> you know, the underlying problem is a total lack of basic restraint or self-discipline across the board in this country. It's tough to find kids of any background or origin more unruly and undisciplined as here in France. So what does that sound like? You know, what does that remind people of? that we're dealing with here in the United States over the last couple of years. 
it would probably be the summer of love. Uh, it would probably be the summer of 2020 when everybody was rioting and everybody wanted to, you know, loot and burn and pillage everything all in the name of racial justice, because that's the ultimate form of protest. You know, I, I love when I see people post that dumbass shit as if destroying one person's livelihood is going to somehow elevate someone else's, um, you know, it reminds me of the old adage from when we were all children, right? Two wrongs don't make a right. And people forget they don't care. And here's the thing. What the fuck is stealing a TV going to do for civil rights? What is it going to do for anything? You know, that's not the way you solve anything. Stealing from somebody doesn't doesn't change a damn thing. It just makes you a piece of shit. So, you know, uh, and this is in France. You know, they are very... Uh, uh, very liberal as a country. And, um, this article here again, um, goes on to say French president Emmanuel Macron initially denounced police actions in the teenagers case as inexcusable. So much for cops presumption of innocence. He acted just like every French parent whose kid can do no wrong. And that's the same shit that we see here in America. Let's defund the police. It's the police officer's fault. Don't take any time, energy, effort at all to evaluate what happened. He ran from the authorities. He may very well have been guilty. There's a normal procedure that goes in place. And when you're in an area like that, you know, the numbers are stacked against you. The deck is stacked against you. There's a lot of guests we've had on this podcast. There's a lot of uh, very good Instagram pages that are putting out information to try and help preserve cops' lives and to teach police officers how to do things better because the training that is received is typically subpar. Not always, but a lot of typical uh, academy training is subpar. It's just not enough to get most of these officers through their day-in, day-out grind. And we deal with that. Apparently, it's not, a, it's not a uniquely American issue. Everybody wants to blame... Everyone wants to blame law enforcement. and just goes on to prove that... <laughs> You know, uh, for all the things that we used to not have to worry about in this country, <clears throat> for all the so-called privileges that we used to enjoy here, this is not a uniquely American issue. This is a this is a community and a this is a, a world cultural issue, in that people just don't have personal accountability anymore. They don't. They behave like assholes and animals, and then when they are treated as such. They want to throw a fit. They want to act as though they're they're being persecuted and being attacked. And what happened to them was so wrong. And it was an atrocity. And we need to blame the police further. And I'm not saying that there aren't those instances. Please don't mistake what I'm saying here for that. I think that we need to we need to hold police obviously to a standard, right? But I think that the expectation of that standard on our law enforcement without an equal expectation of reasonable humane behavior from our citizens, that's not, I mean, that's not fair. That's just not how it's supposed to work. You know, we don't get to be complete and total assholes while the people that we charge with our protection and our security of our communities are, you know, utterly helpless in these, in these scenarios. If those roles were reversed, right, where we were held to a standard and our police are held to nothing, which is what a lot of people will sit and scream is true. We don't do this. We don't do that. Our police are to blame. You know, I had a buddy who sat there and told me that when he found out one friend left a state level agency in law enforcement, he was super happy. And then literally two seconds later, when I said yes, to go to this, you know, three letter FBI agency, his response was, oh, I thought he was getting out of law enforcement and not being a giant piece of shit. But I guess that's good for him. And it's like, and proceeded to go on and on and rant about how, quote, socioeconomic issues are what lead people to crime. And it's just this, this, 
this bullshit-laden theory that somehow, because of choices people make in their life, you know, that they are a victim of circumstance, that nothing they did is their fault, and it is everyone else's fault that their lot in life sucks balls. It's just not true. You know what? If you dropped out of college two, three, four times, and you have a shitty-ass job, and all you do is smoke weed and go out and party and drink and basically be a public nuisance and create public disturbances. Um, yeah, that's, those are your decisions as an asshole. And that's why your life is in the shitter. That that's it. Look at what we just talked about here with these French, with these French kids or, you know, early twenties, late teens, right. <laughs> um, you know, it's just like here in America. And unfortunately it doesn't limit that to just, uh, adolescence, right. Um, it gets really, really bad because now we have these people, they're, they're breaking into their forties. And these are people that vote and they go out and talk about, you know, these are the people that voted in the election because, uh, you know, Joe Biden promised he was going to get, uh, you know, freaking <laughs> student loans, uh, forgiven, you know, everybody gets 10 grand off their student loans or whatever. And it's like, no, you're not, you, you can't, you can't possibly do that. But we, but we bought into that as a country. And, uh, I know there's a lot of people that, that question the validity of the election and we're not going to get into that here, but. That's the kind of shit that happens when people vote, uh, you know, vote via greed rather than reasonable thought and common sense. People say, well, it's time for change in this country. Look at what Europe's doing. I was like, yeah, look at what's your, what Europe's doing. You know, speaking of, you know, continuing on here, uh, the Dutch government has collapsed. Think about that. The Netherlands, the Dutch, right? They're an ally of us here in the U S. Um, jumping from France over to to the Netherlands. Um, basically, they have had a governmental collapse because their uh, governing party right now, which I believe is their conservative party, um, to, they, they got basically locked in a stalemate. They could not agree on new, new measures and changes to their immigration policy, which is already, they already have some of the most stringent and difficult um, immigration laws in Europe. Now, this is, again, this is an issue that we face here in America, you know, um, and I was reading uh, some of the comment section on a David Hogg post, because if you guys recall David Hogg, he was at the Parkland shooting as a student and has become a anti-gun activist. And he put up a post of him shooting, you know, 10 or 15 yards at a target range, uh, at a gun range, talking about how nobody needs more than 10 rounds. See, I did it, blah, blah, blah. Like this very narrow scope and really shitty example of training. I use that, you know, air quotes, training um, is enough. And uh, talking about how you don't, you don't need these things. And you see people commenting uh, and made a comment like, oh, Trudeau said enough is enough after their last mass shooting. They took all the firearms, just like what we see over in, in uh, Europe. And, you know, how come, you know, how come we, we, we won't just do that here and, and say enough is enough and just take them from everybody. And I find it funny because you have to, you have to sometimes expand your scope to look beyond the, the, the issue, which you're having the discussion about. If you recall in 2016, when Donald Trump was elected president, how many people, how many friends, family members, do you remember screaming on social media and possibly even in person, about how they were going to leave the country? If Trump's elected, I'm leaving the country. I have a cousin. Her and her wife decided, you know, they said that stuff a lot. Oh, if Trump's elected, I'm moving to Canada. A lot of people said, oh, I'm going to move to Canada. And then none, none of them did. And partially is because they were talking out their ass. But a lot of people, it's actually because Canada has fairly strict immigration laws. 
a lot of countries in this world have strict immigration laws, just like we're seeing with the Netherlands. You have to, as elected leadership of your country, put, or you should, right, you should put the needs and the best interests of your people in line ahead of immigrants. Your people are the ones whose family have been there, are building the country, are contributing to building the country, and continuing to keeping this country running through things like, unfortunately, taxes, right? Stimulating the economy by spending your money there, owning a home there, right? So when you have what like we have here in the United States, which continue to be more and more relaxed immigration standards and immigration policies, you let in everybody. You let in anybody, which includes human traffickers, drug dealers, murderers, rapists. And that's why we have this huge issue with our southern border. So now what's happening with the Dutch government, they are basically uh, come around, I think, uh, just due to the, the whole political process and everything over there. They're basically going to have to go through an election, um, but the leader of that political party, and I don't, I'm not, I'm not super well versed in the finer details of the inner workings of the Dutch government, um, but basically they tendered their resignation to the king, and they will be having this election for a new um, custodial leadership. Uh, it says roughly probably around the November time frame. So, so very similar, it sounds like to what we do with our elections here, because I know our election season is around November as well. Um, but that just, they basically just had to resign because they could not come to an agreement and that's how their laws and everything work there. You know, can you imagine that every time we couldn't come to agreement, if we just had a new election here in America, we'd be electing new leadership. I mean, all the goddamn time, because we can't agree on jack shit here. Um, but the immigration issue, you know, it's it's very, very, it's very impactful, especially there uh, in Europe, as you're seeing so many people flee the conflict between Ukraine and Russia. Um, and that's difficult. You know, of course, you don't want to see innocent people's lives lost over there. Um, we've sent tons and I mean, we've sent so much money over there. I don't, I'm, I mean, I, the one thing I do agree with is that we did not send troops. That is the one single thing that I do agree with in all of this is that we didn't send troops um, because I personally think the United States needs to be less of the world's peacekeeper. I think we need to take some steps back. I think we need to take care of our own country. This is not the United States of 50, 60, 70, you know, 100 years ago. We have a lot of issues here that are facing, uh, I, I mean, there's just catastrophic um <laughs> things are bad, right? We need to, we need to focus our money here, our time here, our efforts here on our country and get, uh, our shit together before we start telling the rest of the world how they're supposed to live. I think that we very often and very quickly, uh, will dispatch our soldiers and our resources across the globe because we, you know, are a superpower. But then you look at the other world superpowers. China's not doing that. Russia's not doing that. I mean, I wouldn't consider Great Britain to be a world superpower anymore. They just aren't, you know. So we're the only ones spreading ourselves this thin. And I don't even want to get into the whole China thing and our uh, illustrious president who's basically in bed with China. But I digress. Um, the immigration issue is huge, you know. Um, we need to figure that out here. We need to secure our own southern border. It's not a uniquely American problem anymore. Everyone wants to think that we just don't want to, we don't want to let anybody in. It's evil conservatives that don't want to give these Mexican families a chance or these South American families a chance. Like, well, okay, um, I'm actually one of those people that came from an immigrant family that came through Mexico who immigrated legally, followed the process 
legally, whose great-grandparents became naturalized citizens, and now we contribute to the economy because my family owns several businesses. My family pays into the system. We're not here illegally. All right. That's the problem is that we have an immigration process. It, yeah. And it's really easy to focus on the negatives. It's really easy to focus on, you know, I had a, the same buddy that want to start a fucking fight about people working in law enforcement and everything about how he had a friend he worked with who had to go lie to a Marine recruiter for three months to basically say he was going to do everything short of signing the actual paper to become a Marine because he needed an additional like three months to get his green card finalized. And that's, that just shouldn't happen. I go, you know what? You want to come in this country so bad? You want to be a fucking naturalized citizen? Do what you got to do. All right. If the legal process is the issue you're facing, then do what you have to do. Okay. If that means you get deported, then you get deported. The law is what the law is. And there's only so much you can do. Life's not fucking fair. It's not. Bad things happen to good people all the fucking time. If you want a guaranteed in, go join our military. Look at Kevin Owens from Fieldcraft Survival. He joined. He became a U.S. citizen after being in the Irish military and being a contractor overseas. He came and he fucking spent, I think it was, I think he said six years in the regular U.S. Army infantry to become a naturalized U.S. citizen. The point is you are supposed to bring something with you to... It's just like a it's just like a job, right? It's just like coming to a job. What skills do you have? What makes you an attractive addition to the team, right? We don't want to let in more people who are just going to sit here and do drugs and have kids and leech off the system. We have enough of that. We have a shitload of that. Look at the Pacific Northwest where they're giving out needles and drugs and food and all kinds of shit to people because addictions and disease. We can't arrest these people. We can't treat these people this way and that way. It's not their fault. Well, yeah, it is. The news goes out and they interview those people and they openly talk about how, why, why would I do anything different? I mean, you live a good life here. They, they won't arrest you. They won't say anything to you. You can stay wherever you want. They'll bring you food. They'll bring you blankets when it gets cold. They'll let you stay in this building and that building when it's cold out. Like, yeah, you are encouraging this kind of shit-ass behavior. This is why these countries, in this instance, right, the Netherlands, who want even more stringent, in a lot of ways, immigration laws, they have those issues too. It's not just the United States. But that's why, you know, I get so upset when people talk about how hard it is to come into our country. It's like, I, I say it's not hard enough. You know, our system is, everyone wants to talk about how the system's broken. Oh, we're breaking the systems back. If you flood this country with more people and more money, you devalue the dollar and our economy goes in the shitter. That's what they're trying to push for here is socialism. And then you see an economic collapse because that shit doesn't change. If we don't close up the borders, if we don't address this inflation issue, which by the way, was caused by this administration. Okay. It wasn't caused by everything that Trump did. Trump, actually, we had the highest stock market numbers that we've ever had in this country. Gas was below $2 a gallon. We were in a great, great financial and economic position. And I love it because everybody who thinks they know what they're fucking talking about, you know, will say, oh, well, that's just because Obama's policies finally kicked in. No, no, there's no policy that passes into law that takes three and four years to kick in. That's not true. That's literally not true. You want to know how long it takes to kick in? A year to maybe two Case in point, all of the lockdowns in 2020, they were put in place by 
the Biden administration and the Democratic leadership in this country that shut down small businesses, that shut down our economy, as they shoved out trillions of dollars, billions of dollars, whatever it was, in stimulus payments to people who were sitting at home on their asses, and then continued to do so far after they were supposed to, while also not letting those small businesses open back up. We saw that in a period of a year to two years, how those policies did in fact take effect, and did in fact crush our fucking economy. Took us from the highest point that we have had as a country, the most stable we have been in is longer than most people can fucking remember, took us to one of the lowest points. We are now in a, in a recession. We are heading into an economic depression. Things are not good in this country. You can't, we're not stocking shelves all the way at the grocery stores. Food, a bag of chips costs $5. I were, those that used to be two and three bucks. You are seeing a hundred percent increase in these, what people would consider to be basic items. And we just have to deal with it. We just have to deal with it because we're pumping out so much money for people that are just too fucking lazy to work. And that's it. Like look in the mirror, everyone. That's the problem. Maybe not you specifically, but as a country, as a whole, people are unwilling to work. And, there's several issues that contribute to this. Immigration is one of them. Now, transitioning to the last thing I want to talk about today is talking about immigration, securing the borders, right? A global issue with immigration and border problems is human trafficking. Now, uh, over the the past week here, we had the 4th of July holiday. Uh, I took the opportunity with my wife to go see the the film uh, Sound of Freedom starring Jim Caviezel. Now, if you guys haven't, by some odd chance, heard yet through social media, the news, the radio, whatever, right? Sound of Freedom uh, doing great in the box offices, at least compared to their projections, right? Um, it is based on a true story uh, of a man named Tim Ballard, and uh, basically is a story about child trafficking. Um, is a great film. It's very intense emotionally. Now, I was thinking there was going to be some a little bit level of, um, I guess, action or, um, I guess, just action or shooting or anything like that. There really wasn't. So it wasn't quite what I expected. Um, it was actually much better than I expected, though, uh, overall. Um, it's very heavy. You know, I, I'll, I'll be, like, it left me in tears the way, uh, you know... They, they end the film, um, which is very well done. And then when you think about the overall message or everything that goes into saving, we're talking about fucking children, you know? And, and I get, you know, human trafficking is an insane issue. Um, you know, and I, and I kind of imagine they would have a statistic or something either um, at the beginning of the film or at the end. And they did at the end. Uh, it's like $150 billion a year industry, human trafficking is, across borders. And by not having you secure border laws and by not investing in secure borders, we make it easier for these traffickers to bring kids into the country to be sold for sex. I mean, it's just, it's, it's vile. It's disgusting. And this movie does a really good job of showing you all of those things without crossing any lines that would really take it to a place that you feel uncomfortable. I guess, you know, not that you, you how else do you even say that? You know what I mean? There's not a way to, to to look at this issue. There's not a way to see a depiction of these problems and these these horrible things and not be uncomfortable. But what I what I'm trying to get at is that you know it doesn't show anything graphic, I guess, um, but it tells a really good story and it brings the attention 
to this issue. Now, what's cool to see is that the original projections for this film were for the whole first week. So from Tuesday the 4th to what we have coming as like Tuesday the 11th, right, were $10 million for the first week. And in the first day, they also they already hit $14.3 million. Um, and they actually beat out by $3 million the new Indiana Jones movie, which... I mean, uh, I don't. The point of this film is not to make money, right? Uh, but it is good to see that more people are going to see this film, which has a positive message, and I dearly, dearly hope has a uh, you know positive impact on this issue and this problem and bring attention to it, right? Uh, then people that are just out to go see a movie and they go see another stab at the Indiana Jones franchise as old ass Harrison Ford tries to wrap up uh, the series of films. And the last one, I think it was the, this is the Dial of Destiny. I think the last one was Crystal Skull with Shia LaBeouf. Um, haven't seen either of those. I I won't. I'll, I've seen the original ones and those were great. You know, Harrison Ford and Sean Connery and Harrison Ford when he was younger and stuff. Now he's in his 70s and it's just not, you know, I mean, if you just go on for stupid entertainment, whatever, but honestly, I, I felt, I feel better giving my money towards something like sound of freedom. And one of the cool things that angel studios, uh, which is the studio that, that, you know, did the movie and everything is offering is the pay it forward ability where you can actually buy tickets for other people. Um, so that people that are of lesser means or whatever, you know, want to go see this movie, they can get access to free tickets because the mission here is not to make money with this film. The mission is to bring awareness and to bring eyes to the issues. Uh, and it's based, again, based on a true story. Tim Ballard, guy, former Homeland Security um, Operation Underground Railroad. And um, it's uh, it's incredible, you know. Um, there, there's a... Um, and, they, and I like what they did. Okay, so you get to the credits of the movie and they put up a little message in the bottom right that says, it's got a countdown timer. It says, you know, two minutes, 15 seconds, whatever, counting down to special message. And it's a special recorded message from Jim Caviezel, who's the, the star actor of the, the movie, uh, talking about making this movie and talking about the important issues and talking about, you know, how impactful a storyteller can be. But then goes on to say that this film actually was made and ready to go like five years ago. And that there, and they don't, he doesn't go into details, which, you know, I get given the circumstances, but then I also want to hear more is like, why did it take five years to get this out? There are movies that were, have already, that were started in COVID and completed and out to the box office and are done in, you know, in the, within the last two years, three years, which leads me to, it leads me to believe, you know, you can infer from this that there are people in higher places, probably Hollywood, you know, Angel Studios isn't exactly a, super well-known studio. This is an MGM. It's not one of these um, big studios in Hollywood. And there's been people that come out, people like Tyrese Gibson and, you know, uh, and stuff that have said, you know, Hollywood is full of satanic pedophiles and things. It leads me to believe that people in higher places with a lot of money and a lot of pull didn't want this movie to come out. They don't want the eyes and the attention to, to be brought onto this issue. Um, and that's... <laughs> It's revolting. It's uh, upsetting. It's infuriating. You know, something that I really, I, um, after the film, I immediately started sending messages, um, trying to connect with people across the community, uh, that, that are in the know and involved in trying to address and fight this issue. Um, it's something I want to talk about. I want to have guests on the podcast that are involved in this. I want to know more. I want to get awareness out there. I don't, uh, that's the that's the my fear with with so many of these issues that we bring up in today's day and age and and there are plenty of things wrong with this world and we you know 
you bring light to the issue and then it's, uh, I guess I, you can loosely, right, make the comparison with, like, the the Facebook photo banners, like, I stand with Ukraine, which, like, fuck that or whatever, you just do what you're told based on what is popular, right? But you see that cause and it's popular for, like, two, three weeks and then it kind of, like, its impact kind of, like, sunsets, right? And then we kind of just relegate it to the back of our mind we can't be bothered in our lives every day to have to acknowledge the existence of such horrible and just awful things, right? We file it away. It's that deep, dark part of our brain where we don't like to think about it. We don't want to acknowledge it because it's just too gruesome to have to know about. I don't want that to be what happens with this. You know, when you find out how many millions of children every year are trafficked and are putting in are put into the sex trade and they and some of the stuff they say in the movie too are actual statistics you know it's uh, the only industry in the world where a child can be sold seven eight nine ten times in a single day all of that money changing hands there are books out there written by people you know and then, and we actually have and this is the most infuriating part right because you is that we have people in leadership positions politically in this country that defend these fucking people. They defend this way of life. Oh, they're not pedophiles. They're minor attracted persons. Oh, it's not their fault. It's how they were born. Like, fuck that, guys. If you're listening to this and you disagree with the notion that the people that advocate for that kind of behavior are... You agree with that? Like, I, I encourage you to shut off this podcast, unfollow me, and and never fucking come back again. It that is, uh, they're children, and one, so one of the things that, that was said in the film that it just stuck with me, and people are sharing it, and people are saying it. And thank God is God's children are not for sale, <clears throat> and I get it. If you're not ultra religious, I get it. If you're an atheist, like fine, whatever, take off the God's part. Children are not for sale. Children are not for sale. And I mean, put it on a t-shirt, put it on stickers, put it on bumper stickers, put it on a hashtag, whatever. Bringing eyes and awareness to this issue. And then take it further, you know. What can you do? Can you donate to these causes? Yeah. Sentinel Foundation, Operation Underground Railroad, uh, CAP, Keep Adolescents Pure. There's a lot of organizations out there doing really outstanding work to help combat this issue. But understand that a lot of those have limited resources and they have a limited reach. Okay. In this film, the main character has to go to Columbia to deal with all this over international borders. So we have to start with what we can immediately impact here in the continental United States, what we have immediate impact over read the books, right? I, I believe Tim Ballard has written a couple different books on this. I know there are other books out there. There are podcasts out there. I actually think that uh, Tim Ballard is launching his own podcast. Um, I believe I came across that while I was looking for his information on social media. Go check these guys out. Go see what's going on, how you can help, how you contribute. I thought this movie was incredibly well done. Uh, it was incredibly accurate, and you know, to what how they how they trick parents and how they steal these kids, and and it's just it's. It's, it's so well done, but so horrific and awful to have to acknowledge and deal with um, the amount of evil that is in that is in this world. And it's, like I said, it's even more upsetting that we have people in leadership positions that are fighting to justify this kind of behavior. You know, um, 
and we see it in the Hollywood. I mean, look at, you know, everyone wants to make the jokes. Oh, Leonardo DiCaprio, he's what, 54 now, and he's dating a 24 year old or 23 year old. And it's like, yeah, that's gross, man. Like, fuck yeah, dude, that's a little bit weird. Like, that's a little bit weird. Um, and yeah, they're an adult, so you can't really say too much about it, and that's fine. But then you start to see people like R. Kelly, and he's dating these girls and, and you know, hooking up and stuff with 14 and 15 year olds. These are people who are multimillionaires, billionaires in some instances. And that's to say absolutely nothing of what happened with Epstein and uh, and Maxwell. Yeah, Epstein killed himself. I'm sure he did. Maxwell, who has been released from prison. We've not seen one person charged, indicted, anything with anything to have to do with Epstein's Island. They have a client list. There are flight logs. All this information is just floating out there in the ether, but nothing's happened. And then you and then then and then right that you see things like this film that are produced that are made to bring light to this issue, and then you find that it took them five years from the completion of this movie, five years to get this out in the open to where it it can be shown in theaters. And by the way, not in all theaters. My wife and I we actually when I saw the ad for it went to go out and look out and buy tickets. We actually had to look because I probably less than half of the theaters within, I'll say about a a 30 minute drive of our home, less than half the theaters actually had it available and they had very limited show times. Oh, this isn't that successful a movie. Oh, it's a small studio. Oh, we're just not going to show that much. You know, we usually go to a, to one chain of uh, theaters. Only some of those had it and they were further away. So we had to opt for a different chain of theaters. Still had a pretty decent movie going experience. Um, But you know, it's just, it, it shows you that this is an issue that is not getting a lot of attention because maybe there's not enough money in bringing light to this issue or to the contrary point, there is too much money in allowing light to be brought to the issue. And think about that. Think about how impactful that is. If there's just too much money to allow this to be stopped and that's how our world is. And that there are people in our leadership that are promoting this. There are people that are talking about minor attracted persons and it's okay. It's not their fault. That's just who they are as a person. And it's okay. You know, love doesn't know a number. Oh, back in the, you know, 1500s, they were marrying at 13. Well, we're not in that. It's 2023. We fucking know better now. When they were doing that, the average life expectancy was like 36 years. Now we're at like 86. There's a pretty big fucking disparity there. All right. Don't throw that shit out here to some kind of gross justification of some of the most disgusting behavior that that we can we can see in today's world. Um, And it's just it's it's horrific. But it's a I implore all of you guys listening to go see the movie. Movie tickets aren't expensive. If you go during the daytime, they're like less than 10 bucks. Even If you go in the evening, like 10, 12 bucks. Uh, And it's. It, this is not a film that is out there to make money. It's a it's a film that's out there to spread a message, um, you know. And Jim Caviezel did a great job. You know, I know he was also he played he was in Passion of the Christ, and I know he gets he gets a lot of heat because he's a pretty dedicated uh, conservative in Hollywood. He was also, I believe, on the Sean Ryan show, um, <clears throat> and that's cool to see. You know, and again, I if anybody listening to this has connections to anybody who is actively fighting this human trafficking issue or child trafficking, please shoot me a message. Please help me get in contact. I want to bring more awareness to this issue. I've reached out to several folks. I've not had a, a lot of luck. Um, so I, I, but I want to, 
I want to talk about it. I know that there's other things going on there helping to bring uh, awareness to the problem. I want to be part of the solution. The team here at Prepared Mindset wants to be part of the solution. We, we want to bring awareness to this through the platform that we have and what we are able to do. So um, if you have a connection or if you are somebody that's actively involved in that, please shoot me a message. Please reach out. Uh, please send us an email in our Instagram, uh, you know, uh, Gmail is prepared.mindset.podcast at gmail.com. Um, you know, please reach out. I would love to put something together. I really, it's something that I, that I deeply believe needs to care about. I mean, this, I say it was really well done. Like it left me emotionally like shaken for probably about an hour after we left the theater, you know, uh, a lot of tears, a lot of mixed feelings. Um, I shouldn't even say mixed feelings, a lot of different feelings. Um, and I can't even imagine, you know, if you're a parent seeing that, um, I don't have children and, and that's how it hit me. So definitely worth your time, definitely worth your money to go check it out and support it. Um, but guys, uh, thank you for, for joining me for this sit rep, obviously a number of things that are all kind of intertwined, uh, that I wanted to talk about a number of things that hopefully got you thinking. And, uh, again, we kind of connect more of the dots. We kind of, the whole picture starts to get a little bit clearer when you look at some of these international problems and some of the things that we face here at home in the United States, as compared to some of the countries that a lot of the, uh, less educated, however, overly educated, uh, folks that we live around will tell us, Hey, look, it works for them. And it's like, no, it really, it really fucking doesn't. Um, it's actually pretty fucking bad. Um, they may just be behind us in the timeline, but eventually we all get to the same place, which is how we know that things like socialism don't fucking work. And that what you're screaming about isn't actually a good fucking idea. It's, it's actually pretty terrible. Uh, but yes, thank you guys for hanging out. Uh, I actually really enjoy doing these sit reps, especially when I have some stuff like this that I'm very passionate about that I can just, you know, take off and rant, uh, to myself for a little while and, you know, hopefully be able to help some of you folks out. But that's all I got for you guys. Um, got our regular weekly programming the next couple of weeks here. <clears throat> some things that I'm, uh, working on, uh, again, the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash prepared underscore mindset underscore pod. Be releasing uh, a pretty long format video today on some of the stuff from HRT that they sent out. Uh, cause you know, there's always a lot of questions around new gear, new kit, new options like that. So head on over to the Patreon, check it out, uh, help support what we're doing. And guys, uh, again, if you know anybody who is connected to, uh, the child trafficking prevention uh, community, fighting that fight. Please, please, please help us get in contact with them. I would love to bring more awareness to this however we can. That's all for me, folks. Uh, until next time, you guys, thank you. And uh, like we always say here, get out there, hit the range, work hard, train smarter, and be prepared. <laughs>